Hi everybody, it's the Week in the Tackle podcast, the podcast where we look back at the previous week in soccer and or football and then we tackle the things that we thought were interesting. I'm Tom Rennie of SiriusXM and TalkSport fame. Alongside me is Brian Dunny Dunseth of, just get my list here, SiriusXM, Apple TV, uh, TNT, ESPN, ABC, LMNOP, uh, all of that. Uh, fame. How are you, Danny? You're right. Yeah, I'm. I'm great, Rennie. After all you rattled off, I realized what the hell am I doing here? No, I'm just joking. I, I enjoy. My, what are you I doing love, here? Why do you I do this? I love my show? Tuesdays, man. I love my Tuesdays with you. I love winding you up. I love. I'm not sure how much I love being wound up, but mm. I, uh, I, I love our little community, man. I, I, by the way, every once in a while, I'll, I'll pop on over to the podcast platforms, the YouTubes that we're on available mm. wherever you're watching and or listening to. And I'll read the comments, and which is such a bad idea after Reddit a few years ago. It. But P- People um, loved you on Reddit. You went over very well on Reddit. I'm that was a long say. time ago. Uh, it yes. was, uh, it, listen, I appreciate everyone out there in mm-hmm. video and radio land, podcast land. I appreciate when you subscribe, when you rate, when you send us a message, when you throw us some questions. I love the interaction. Uh, the, some of you got a little done, Sethry. Some a little bit too much fucking done, Sethry. Sorry, Tim. But I appreciate you. I appreciate you. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad the horse is around every once in a while. Uh, mm-hmm. He must. He had his work, his hands full of work. You did too much week. last week. He wasn't here to produce the program live, yeah. and I said to Tim, "I was so sorry, but Dunny went off on one to such a degree that you might be editing this all night." And poor Tim, I think his wife's left him because of last week, because <laughs> of what you did. His his poor wife never met him, never married him, and never left him, or did leave him. Well, yeah, either his way. imaginary wife has left him. Yeah. It's a real shame. Um, I, I suppose there's some pep in your step as well. It's not one of our many topics for today's mm. program, but the form team in European football right now, top of the form guide, if the season started five games ago, would be Manchester freaking United. Is that why you're so happy? Really? Yes. Who are the idiots that what what's the stupidity in that algorithm that figured it's, that one out? It's the basic it's the actual only algorithm that counts points oh. on the table. It's not oh. the XG table or the oh. oh how pretty was our passing table oh. or do we pass the eyeball test table or oh. the sovereign wealth fund table or any of that sort of stuff. It's the how many games have you won in this period of time table, which is literally the only one that matters across the last five? Uh, Liverpool are second, I think. City are third. Villa are fourth. Yada, yada, yada. Numero uno. Um, is Manchester? Red Devils? It's all gone wrong. We are Manchester United Football Club United. That's exciting. Uh, it, well, you know what's kind of fascinating? Through all the shits and giggles, sorry, Tim, uh, because I feel like I get to I get to do this. I've, I've been tortured this year. Um Manchester United currently, after 12 matches, is four points behind Aston Villa. Not not the visual marker that you're looking for. For fifth position in the Premier League. But is only five points behind Tottenham Hotspur. Mm. Uh, Remember, Ange Postacoglu, he can can do no wrong. Uh, And Mikel Arteta. Is he angry? Is he happy? Is he mad? Is he, hey... Uh, Mr. Personality, uh, it's only two games oh, behind. We've got a we've got a dog oh, named Win, so I've got a personality. Yeah, yeah we're gonna be count. there. We're gonna be there. Uh, so I don't know, man. I, I, enjoy, by the way, enjoy it. Just enjoy no, it. No, Harry no, McGuire, no. I, 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 the match in three games in a row. Just enjoy well, it. Well, yeah. Listen, maybe Erickson Hogg's not a bad guy after all. Maybe old yeah. Harry just had to work harder and find his yeah. form. And I mean, what's he doing to Rafael Veron now? I mean, are we gonna do yeah. that one? 
Uh, I guess we, we, weren't, my, we weren't going to, but you have previously my, done what's that about, you know. But, but it, was, oh, I mean, because when he plays, he was fucking useless. Sorry, yeah. Tim. That's probably why he's not playing. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Rio. Uh, oh, he's he's sitting there all confused. I'm so confused. Why am I not playing? Uh, because we watched you play in Copenhagen and you were an absolute disgrace. Uh, that's why your uh, form has completely gone out the window and uh, you should maybe consider becoming, I don't know, a basketball player or a oh, cobbler. Do something oh, else. What, what about Eric? Eric Dyer? Did did we forget about Eric Dyer being benched down in yeah. where was the outrage for the kangaroo jack? Um, by the way, looks at notes, uh, thinks about this international window. Sir Jim Ratcliffe, 1.5 billion. Sir Dave Brailsford, he's gonna run everything. Uh, could it be Paul Mitchell, sporting director? Allegedly, he watched Mason Greenwood at Hitafe last weekend. What about Doogie Friedman? I mean, everyone's talking about the job the that he's done at Crystal. Who let the Duke out? He, he, the job that he's done at Crystal Palace. Um, so Doogie Friedman, who is a great guy, by the way. Yeah, um, I watched the 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 what was the show? The Netflix show when Eagles soar or something when, like that. Yes, about where Crystal Eagles Palace. dare. There you go. Oh, That's see, it. it was close. Yeah, it's like great. That. Uh, yeah. that might also be a very good film about the Nazis. I'm not sure. Either way, um, <laughs> but <laughs> but Doogie Friedman, one of my best friends, is a big Crystal Palace fan, uh, yeah. and the Doog uh, was Doogie. a prominent player during yeah. a lot, a long, a long time there. Captain, right? Um, and we, he was, he was captain. He's been a club ambassador. You left, he came back. All that sort of stuff, right? And we used to do a thing at university because Who Let the Dogs Out was a big hit by the oh. Baha men at the time. So we used to do a a, a thing where you would like, at one time, you'd be able to go up to someone and say, who let the Doog out? Because of Doogie Friedman. And then you'd have to down your drink and then go, Doog, Doog, Doog afterwards. Oh, really? Did. That was your drinking game? That was one of the many drinking games that we oh, played like with that. the rugby team. Yeah, it was good. Okay. Um, yeah. Let's move on to some of the things I did want to talk about today. Who let the Doog um, out? Oh, who? 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 <laughs> Quick. <laughs> just <laughs> down, this, down this water. Cheers. No, I'm actually too old. I'm not doing that. Um... I went to ask you about Chelsea, um, not necessarily the Man City angle of things. Yeah. The game on Sunday was great. Uh, super game, super fun, uh, toing and froing, mistakes all around. Ruben Diaz giving a penalty away at the end was just so amateur. It was hilarious. You don't expect that from uh, a defender of his caliber. The whole Cole Palmer thing. I mean, people going a bit hot and heavy on Cole Palmer, can I say? He's a good player, right? Mm. looks a good player. Could be a better player as the years go on, but City let him go because he'd have no business in their team. He had a really good half an hour against them, uh, a couple of great dribbles, the balls of steel penalty, absolutely. But yeah. can we not English press this? Well, like, he got called in the English national team. Yeah, but he's been brought in as player number 24 for a game against Malta. I mean, it's, uh, it's great. I so hope he becomes great. But... So he's James Madison, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's coming <laughs> okay. to like to cover Madison for yeah. a game that don't matter. That's fine. Okay. I'm pleased for him. Yeah. But all this like, um, why didn't City put in a buyback clause for Cole Palmer? Mm. He looks amazing. Like, Danny, they didn't do it because they didn't want him. That's why. Well, yeah, I mean, listen. The 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 reality is that it was gonna it was gonna take something really special for him to break through at Man City. And we're talking about the best team in the world. And and there's nothing wrong with Cole Palmer moving to Chelsea because think about it. Financially, they cash in. All that money goes straight into financial fair play. That gives them the equity that they need behind the scenes. I know insert joke here about ownership, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I understand why they sold him. Now, it, at the end of the day, how much are they going to regret that? They won't. No. They won't regret it at all because they're man-fucking city. Sorry, Tim. I just had to get that in there. Uh, they they can buy whoever they want. 
they they don't they don't have to. It makes me so happy when I make it work. Uh, that's why you do uh, this podcast. Oh, yeah. why do I stay keep doing this podcast? I feel like it's I could torture somebody. Broadcast arm in your arsenal where you're allowed to swear fucking liberally. Sorry, Tim. See, now I got you going. Um, yeah. So listen, I I think he makes Chelsea better. I think he's he's yeah, he's a good really good option for them, and I think we're continuing to see him do something special. By the way, the whole thing about like don't celebrate like where's the like i saw someone saying and raheem sterling chose to celebrate and i was like do you fucking idiots not remember that he was at liverpool before he was at man city sorry tim I'm, I'm gonna stop that was my last one i don't think that's true um but i mean like what what like, what are we worried about here celebrate no fun, please celebrate, celebrate. like Come on. i get i get if you're a one-man club and it's a muted celebration. But this whole thing, like, let's stop being the no fun police. Like, yeah, they're scoring goals at the highest level that you can possibly play outside of being at a World Cup. Like, let them enjoy it. Um, to your point about the game, I said this on Sirius XM, um, FC on counterattack with Miola. I I think two versions of Chelsea, right? The win against Tottenham, Tottenham, was we have to win this game. Because of the circumstances. This is a different one. I think it is a watermarker. I think what Pochettino has preached to all of us on the outside looking in um, was, or from the inside looking out, excuse me, from Pochettino's perspective is, I need time. I need time. I need time. He's at Chelsea. You don't get that much time. Although we don't really understand the parameters of what is or is not success outside of a top four finish and qualifying for Champions League. Um, so the reestablishment of whatever Chelsea Football Club is choosing to do, led by Pochettino on the pitch, we're seeing incremental growth, I think, is the, is the fairest way to judge this. Now, the watermarker for me is because it's the best team in the world. It's Man City. So are there negatives? Of course, you gave up four goals. It's still Man City. Are there positives? Of course, you scored four effing goals. See, I held it right there. Well um, so... Yeah, listen, I, I, I think wherever wherever you fall in line, I think at a bare minimum, you acknowledge that Pochettino now has a watermarker. And the yeah. watermarker for this group of players is to, at a bare minimum, match some of the variables in his, how, however he interprets his game model, coaches his game model. Now there's some non-negotiables. And the non-negotiables are, at a bare minimum, I expect you to match that type of performance against Man City. Does this mean we can go back to having some fun with Chelsea when they lose? Because so. when they were losing games, like when Man United lose a game like against Copenhagen, I feel like we can do a good 24 hours in the football chat ecosystem of hilarious 100%. banter. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's a generational thing because 90s kids are now in their 30s. We run the media now, guys, and we want our revenge <laughs> yes. on Manchester United. Yes. Some of that is probably true. For me, it sure. certainly is. Um, but with Chelsea, it's a kind of 10 years later. So maybe we're 10 years away from everyone in their 30s and early 40s from, from sticking the boot in on Chelsea as much. I don't know. But I feel like, Dunny, it got so sad. Yeah. Like things just got so sad at the end with Frank Lampard. It was all just so meek and miserable. It was mm. like having oh, to Potter. continually yeah. deal with someone at the office who you knew their wife was sleeping with the boss 
But every day you just had to keep on like, oh, hello, Gerald. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm sure. Somebody. I'm sure. Yeah, Gerald. I, 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 I know. Oh, Jean's a lovely woman. I'm sure she'll take you back. And you know she's getting into like Billy's Volvo home on the in on the, the night out, and he's in getting in her Volvo later. Am I right? <laughs> you know. So Volvo's a car. Just I'm in gonna case. put my bike in your trunk. Yes. Need somewhere. Need somewhere to park my bike. <laughs> Bend over. Uh, so you know, it's a whole. It's you know, it's sort of a pathetic cuckolding club at some yeah. point for some period of time. And mm. I think we all sort of felt almost sorry for them because we knew they were owned by a lunatic and a secondary lunatic that didn't know what they were doing. They're rich but incompetent in this business and all that mm. sort of stuff, right? Uh, and side note, let's hope Pochettino just gets them to do nothing in January so he can just work with this massive group of players and try and do something. Um, but we'll, we'll park that for later when they definitely don't do that and it's super funny again. Um, but it does sort of feel that way, Danny, a little bit, doesn't it? That we've kind of let them off the hook a bit. Whereas now... When they lose next week, when the proper football comes back, and we're not trying to pretend England Malta matters, mm. um, we could have some some serious fun <laughs> with it, which would be good for for us. Hashtag content. Yeah, li- listen, uh, you're you're talking to a guy that worked with Andrew Williams, the producer, formerly uh, former former producer at Sirius XMFC, who is talk about an absolute lunatic of a Chelsea homer. I mean, I, I've in his Lululemon stretchy pants, either working out or riding the bike with his shirt off. Uh, eating a ham sandwich, thinking that that was going to be wait the, the in his oh, stretch yeah. pants with his shirt off on a bicycle, a eating a ham sandwich. Yeah, yeah. All at the same things. at the same time, simultaneously. Yes. yes. This you is... know when you when you feel like you're doing something that affects your team either positively or negatively. Like for example, if you when you used to go to the the bowl of disappointment and West yes. Ham would lose, you would be like, ah. There's a part of you would be like, ah, it's my fault. I got to wear this jumper again. again. Last time I wear these socks. Yeah, exactly. So that, you know, Andrew Williams had to ramp up what his specific things were to make sure that Chelsea won. But it got to the point where Tony Miola and A-Dub and I were like bantering back and forth. It just became kind of non-existent. And and again, you think about from Boley and Igbali and the amount of money and, oh my God, they're doing this incredible thing where they're meeting with Juan Laporta and they're having dinner in Barcelona and then they're buying all this and they're doing that. And oh my God, we have an owner that's spending money. And it just goes to show you that you have to spend as much as we, as much as we talk about the PSGs or we talk about the Man Cities or even we're talking about Newcastle's now, there, there's still... Uh, there has to be a prudent plan in place if you're going to spend the money, at least spend the money yeah. on the right players. Well, there's only and so this- many great players as well, isn't there? There's only so many Kevin De Bruyne, well, there's so many, only so many Lionel Messi's or whatever. A in Jeremy the Doku. I mean, yeah. how do you find a Jeremy Doku that becomes literally a starter over Jack Grealish? Well, you don't buy Cole Palmer, I suppose. Well, yeah, or you flush out Cole Palmer and you yeah. bring in Doku. So, I mean, look at Manchester United. And again, you're potentially looking at another squad rebuild with Sir oh. Jim Ratcliffe, oh. $1.5 billion. Um, So I, I just, I think it, it is fascinating. Again, credit where credit's due short term, but I pull up the schedule. I, I show you guys all this all the time. I, I do kind of this return to play schedule, which games mm. are coming up. Chelsea at Newcastle, home against Brighton, at Manchester United, at Everton, home against Sheffield, home against Newcastle, at Wolves, home against Palace, at Luton. That will get them into January for that first break. Yeah. Context, both them and Spurs, no Champions League football, no Europa League football, no Conference League football. So potentially two, three games less than everybody else um, that are in, quote-unquote, the top six. So a chance... But again, now we get to be judgmental because it's now back-to-back performances where Good. nobody 
exp- uh, I don't know about the Tottenham game, but nobody expected anything out of Man City. We so, thought Tottenham were going to win. We, we, Tottenham were the favorites. First 20 City minutes. The favorites. Until the stupidity. Yeah. Until the stupidity. Um, and it's worth noting, too, before we move on, that the top eight are going to be in European football next year. The top five will be in the mm. stupid Swiss Champions League. There'll be two Europa Leagues, one Conference League as well. So Chelsea are likely to be back in European football next season. So it is a big chance this season. Um, Two other quick questions on this game um, more broadly, Danny. One thing I loved about it was the conditions. I just feel in my gut, I don't have Mm. the evidence to prove this, but I feel in my gut that football is just better in the torrential, disgusting rain. It's just, it's just better. It's such okay. a wonderful equaliser to, oh, this team are built by a, a baron of oil or an oligarch or a sovereign mm. wealth fund or a bored nephew of a crown prince who just wants to spend as much money as possible or whatever, 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 right? The stupid people that own clubs now. But the great equaliser, and this is slightly different because it's not like Luton against Man City. But in that driving torrential rain, even Ruben Diaz, one of the top five or six centre-halves in the business, can make one of the dumbest challenges yeah. you're ever going to see from a defender because of the conditions and the fatigue and, and all the elements that come together. Is football better when it's pissing down? <laughs> it's a lot more fun. I mean, I, I... By the way, every time we went over to England... Um, with either the under twenties or the under twenty threes, or we we would go over the the. I don't know how to explain it. I always wore long sleeves. I was a long sleeve guy. As long if there was an option for me to have long sleeves, I was always playing like this. Like I always had my hands in my shirt like that, and I just felt like, okay, this is like, this is it. Like game on. Like get stuck in. You wear your you wear your studs. Switch out your boots. You know, like it just felt like you could tackle and slide an extra five feet. You had to be super mindful of of where you're closing down space. You could dig those heels in, don't slip, maybe turn a little bit quicker. If they're if they're already facing you up, then you got to back off. You can't go super touch tight. Um, you know, the way you could kind of like smack a ball, you change the way you hit a ball based on if it's if it's raining or not, the ball's skipping around. You know, like if you're going to hit a long ball in a diagonal, you get under it and kind of create the backspin so the ball can skip a little bit and give you a chance for your outside winger to come in. The curling balls into space outside of the foot. Like, I don't know. And and maybe this is just us being old. I know I'm, I'm older than you, but it, it really does, for as, for as amazing as the Premier League is and modern-day football is, and tiki-taka, move the ball around, keep it on the deck, ping the ball around, all that stuff. I don't know, man. There, there's something... It's the smell of the grass, the smell of the rain. It, there's something super iconic for me thinking mm. about that and, and and just knowing that you're all... And, and listen, you can't really do it now because of VAR, but you're, you were always on the edge of picking up a card. You're always on the edge of that tackle that you might have got ball, but you f***ing crunched someone. Sorry, Tim. And I, I don't know, man. I... I, I, I agree with you. It's just yeah, a bit more fun. I think it's yeah. more fun to watch because it adds a little bit of chaos to an otherwise oh, sure. a, a game yeah. that can be a little bit stayed at times, yeah. certainly with the inequality we have at the very top level, uh, but also playing. I used to love, When I used to turn up for Sunday League and it was absolutely bucketing down, 
Nice. I just thought this is going to be such a fun day. It's going because I'm a I'm a centre half, so it's going to be fun. I'm going to get to kick multiple people. I'm going to get to do my favourite <laughs> thing ever, which is slide tackles. Yeah. Um. It's we're going to get a penalty, and I took the penalties, so it's going to I'm going to get at least one penalty today. So I might score. Corners are going to be amazingly random oh. and fun. Yeah. Just you, you knew you were in for a fun day, so I loved it. I enjoyed the element, and it mm. kind of made two of the most expensively assembled clubs in the world look like the dog and duck 11 against the spudgy like irregulars. And I very much enjoyed that. Um, I want to be on to this Newcastle Hardly story. Specific. Yeah. I want, yes. Well, they're two very funny names that I use oh. regularly for that sort of okay. thing. Um, I want to talk to you about this Kieran Trippier thing. Uh, mm. So Kieran Trippier, uh, post game, Newcastle decimated by injuries against Bournemouth. They had to play Lewis Miley in midfield, who played very well, by the way, 17 years of age. He won an award this week for like Northeast Young Footballer of the Year or something like that. And he went to the award ceremony and it, it was just like looking at someone's like little brother who went on stage by accident <laughs> or like someone sent their son up to do the karaoke, singing a song that they'd never actually heard before on a holiday camper. It was bizarre. Um, he's about 6'4", so, you know, it's not going while, but Big he looked kid, incredibly yeah. young. He played very well. Um, anyway, they lost Newcastle 2-0 against Bournemouth and, you know, they were such bare bones. Uh, and, you know, I'm not going to feel sorry for the kingdom of Newcastle United here, but th- they were set up to lose, right? The it was way tough, it was. yeah. It was very tough. Anyway, post-game, uh, a fan said something either untoward or whatever that uh, got the, the hackles up of Kieran Trippier, the captain. Trippier went over and was kind of videoed by a fan on their phone saying, how many injuries have we got? How many injuries have we got? Um, and, and whatnot. Reacting in the heat of the moment, saying that what could we do? Yada, yada, yada. We gave our best. Anyway, that was a fan called Thomas Willoughby, who has been posting on the Newcastle United Supporters Club Facebook page this week. And I wanted to read you a little bit of what he said and get your, your view on the story. Uh, Willoughby said, quote, I won't do the accent. Might, maybe I will. It was me. No, I can't do it. Got to get into the Geordie. Beer can sandwich. Beer can sandwich. It was me. I travelled all day and was very frustrated about the performance. I regret having a go at them because I knew what all these players have done for club. No, I've gone a bit Midlands. Um, He says, everyone's done stupid things. I hold my hands up and admit I shouldn't have had a go at them. Um, But it was heat at the moment. Uh, One guy responded, mate, you held your hands up, but you crossed the line. Drink fizzy pop in future. Uh, which I enjoyed. Um, so look, Trippier apologised. Thomas Willoughby apologised. Nothing so untoward happened that it's an Eric Cantona jumps into the crowd at Selhurst yeah. Park kind of thing. Um, but I wonder what you thought of it, Dunny, because I'm sort of for, to a degree, fans and players just having a conversation like normal mm. people and, you know, not having that barrier between the players and supporters. Yeah. We live in mansions and you don't pay me to watch me. I, you know, I want to guard against that. But I also think the players don't owe me anything other than their best effort. They don't owe me a win. They don't owe me skill. They just owe me their best efforts to win the game. And yeah. I think Newcastle did give their best effort. They just had two 17-year-olds in the team, <laughs> 10 players missing. And Bournemouth yeah. are not like the spudgy-like irregulars. They're a proper mm. team, even though they're managed by a Rolnick guy. Um, what did you make to it? The altercation in the aftermath. <laughs> I knew you'd get your shot in. Uh, first off, please, please tell me that you needed subtitles or uh, closed caption like I did to understand exactly what Karen Trippier said. Because uh, yeah. When he walked over, he started like yelling at him. And I was like, what what is he, is that Welsh? Like, what is he saying? I don't understand what he's saying. And then someone put the closed caption on. I was like, oh, well, yeah, okay. I, I get what he's saying, but like, 
why isn't he pronouncing this correctly? Um, so, okay, we do this. We do this thing, and it's the same in social media. Fans, people on Twitter, X, whatever the hell you want to call it nowadays. I want to call it Twitter. Yeah, well, just call it Twitter because it's Twitter.com. Um, there, there's, there's a. I don't want to say the lack of intimacy, but there, there's a lack of reality because you feel as though that you can say whatever you want. Um, and, and and to an extent, I am I am just as um, I'm just as guilty of this because when I watch my favorite teams, I'm frustrated, right? Yeah. Oh, come on! Like they're not people; they're athletes. That's the and fan so, experience. You're entitled to that. hundred percent. Oh, dude, listen, I got murdered all the time during my career. Like I literally had someone write. He's not a vampire. I'm still figurative. Yeah, still. Um, I I would. I, there was something called big soccer and big soccer was like pre Twitter. It was pre Reddit. It was like the soccer board, soccer chat board in the United States before kind of social took off. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time somebody in the locker room goes, dude, did you see what they wrote about you on big soccer? And I was like, yeah. I, I wouldn't, I don't read that stuff. What are you talking about? He's like, and I had a bad game. They're like, why would you ever play him again? Just refer to him now as Brian stick a fork in me. I'm done Seth. And I was like, <laughs> Hmm. somewhat creative, <laughs> but f- that guy. Sorry, Tim. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, like, I, I I, can vividly remember, like, going over for a throw-in. And that's why I didn't like being an outside back, because you would just get it. You, like, it's not just, like, you suck, but it's everything about your mom, your sister. I mean, so, some of the creativity was amazing. Like, they did yeah. their, they did research. They knew my sister's name. They knew my mom's name. Oh, like, pe- oh, people could get after you. There was some ruthlessness. They wouldn't um, read out your number plate to you. That's a bit uh, concerning. I mean, I mean, it was, it was, it, it was, it was like, it was good banter. And it was Brian Dunseth from 17 Cherry Tree Lane, who goes to get his paper at 9.05 on Tuesday yikes. morning. Yikes. Oof. Yikes. Uh, one time I'll have to tell you about the girl I met in uh, in Australia that somehow found my mailing address and sent me a picture um, about a year later. After let's, well, let's clear that with legal. And if we can yeah, do it, we'll do it next yeah. week. It was the Olympics. It was a whole different time and place. Um, but fans feel as though they can voice their frustration and forget at certain times that players are human beings too. And that you wouldn't say things to people's faces on the streets that you say on social media that you say from a distance, knowing that there's a barrier and a security guard. So I I mean, listen, at the end of the day, the challenge, take, take away the fan experience, right? The challenge for Eddie Howe, Newcastle United, Newcastle United sports department, their, 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 their physiology department, their, their medical department, their nutrition department, their recuperation, rest, recovery, programming, the amount of games that they're in. I mean, uh, three weeks ago, we were saluting Eddie Howe in Newcastle for the team that they put on the field at Old Trafford to beat Manchester United. And now we're saying, well, they've got a bunch of injuries. This is going to be the challenge. They probably overpunched their weight last year. They fast-forwarded the project. They're now competing in Champions League and probably the group of hard, group of death, however you want to verbalize it. Mm, they're, they're doing... They're they're doing their best. I mean, they're 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 competing. They're just not punishing and not 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 the results aren't there. But they've been in every game. They're doing well in EFL Cup. They're going to try to make their run in FA Cup. Remember, they've beaten Manchester City and Man United in the Carabao Cup, and and, and now they're feeling the effects of having a roster that obviously isn't as strong and as deep as they want as they continue to build whatever this looks like. 
but also it's it's the maiden voyage for a lot of these guys. Mm. A lot of these guys haven't had to deal with the amount of travel, hadn't amount haven't had to deal. Listen, Champions League football is incredible, but there's also like an understanding of your body and how you're going to manage yourself. And I think this is this is a new project for everyone to be involved. So I get Trippier's perspective. I understand the the depths in which these injuries are absolutely suffocating Eddie Howe's ability to put a team on the field. But guess what? If you want to be a massive club, if you want to be this top four, top six club year after year, these are the challenges that you're going to have to deal with. And they're not going to be like Leicester City, right? It's going to be, it's a different financial backing. It's a different perspective. They could potentially have the same success. Who knows if they're going to win a Premier League title. They're trying to build to win a Premier League title, but now you're you're competing on the same playing field that some of these other teams are competing on. And it's your first year. It's going to be difficult. And this yeah. is the problem. So yeah, fine line though for Trippier. Got to be really mm. careful when you start popping back at the fans because yeah. he's an iconic presence and he's done a good job being one of the first guys in the door to be a part of this. But at the same time, it, it's a very, it's a very small window of loyalty when it comes to football. I mean, the only element that I would add for me is that, there is a line, I think, that is different in footballing cultures and countries between fans and players. And I do think sometimes in the last 20 years or so, the um, the fact that all the players are now like millionaires and above, the most average Premier League player you could imagine is a millionaire who doesn't pay their mortgage anymore. Uh, and that certainly wasn't even the case in the mid-90s, let alone, yeah. you know, it, it's a very short space of time. So I think there's been a bit of a gap and some clubs do do a good job trying to bring that sort of together. I, sometimes it's a bit fake on social media, sometimes some great community projects and that sort of thing. Um, I do like the fact that Trippier went over and spoke to the fan. I don't think he went too far. I don't think he disrespected the supporters that were there. Yeah. And I thought that element was quite good. But I also really don't like what happens in France, for example, where the ultras in France ultras, are so entitled they are so dominant mm. they are so overrepresented at clubs that sometimes in france at this moment in time where they're having this massive horrible right-wing takeover of football club crowds and ultras it's a horrible place to go and watch football right now france and it's getting worse and worse and there's no sign they're going to start treating hooliganism in france in the same way the uk government did in the 80s and 90s to try and stamp out this horror you were seeing in stands all the time and outside stadiums they don't seem to have any ability to stop it or interest in stopping it uh, from what i've been able to read and gather so far you might disagree with that feel free to at me i'd love to learn more about it but from what i've been able to gather at the moment it's running amok at the moment out in france and you get things like an ultra in the stadium will be so entitled they'll go and take a microphone and start talking directly to players or to managers and we saw what happened you know at napoli recently what was the the funny one about spalletti in his first spell they took his tires and were like no, you took shouldn't a steering be our, wheel they took his steering, took a steering wheel that was wheel. it yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're like you shouldn't be our manager and then when he left having one on the title they give him the steering wheel back and it's oh it's good good funny banter no you broke into a man's car because you didn't feel like his job was being done to your standards, and you st and you basically stole the steering wheel from his car. Like you're a prick. It's utterly unacceptable. What they do to Rudy Garcia now that he got sacked? <laughs> well, I think it's probably for the best. Uh, Matsarazzi coming back. Yes. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Well, Watford. Eventually, at some point, every former Watford manager is going to take over your club because everyone's been in charge of Watford for five minutes. But you know, just that sort of thing, Danny. I just I want to make sure that. 
I encourage discussion. I think that element is great. But I think what happens sometimes in these other countries is I think it's utterly unacceptable. The players who play, it's their job in the end. And all they owe us, I think, as a supporter is 100% effort. They don't owe us anything else. And if they miss a chance, they fall over at the vital moment. If Mikko Antonio misses an open goal to make it 3-1 against Brentford, he doesn't owe me that goal. I can vent about it. I think you're allowed to vent. I think that's why you go to these things. I don't think anything you say in the first half an hour from the whistle to half an hour to control your emotion should count for much. But after that, you know, level heads and all that should prevail. Anyway, um, I want to move on, Dunny, to ask you a little bit about dads. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but Aaron Ramsdale's dad is doing oh, yeah. what's yeah. known in the industry as doing a Claudio. Um so Aaron Ramsdale uh, is... I just got that. Oh, second. man. Well done. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, okay. Doing a Claudio. So basically, uh, his dad uh, keeps on speaking about his son being dropped. And to be fair, what Arteta has done and the way he has handled Ramsdale mm. being dropped as Arsenal number one, it's bad. He has handled it badly. The mm. way he described having two number one goalkeepers was bollocks mm. uh, and all of it is you know he should have just said David Ray is my number one it's my yep. job to choose the number one goalkeeper the end instead yep. he did this whole soft soap about two number ones and the whole yep. substitution story whatever anyway uh, Aaron Ramsdale's dad has been on the Highbury squad podcast firstly uh, they pay me 80 grand a week stop going on podcast please dad mm. um, quote you just have to look at it personally and I'm probably saying too much. Yes, you are. Aaron is going to be the cup goalkeeper and Reyes the main man, unless something happens like an injury or sending off. And Aaron's got to live with that, and he's living with that even though he's not been told it by anybody, which I think is a really valid point, but again, shouldn't come from Dad. Uh, squads evolve all the time. Nobody's going to be there forever. Reyes has not pulled up any trees so far. Uh, and let's say he's not going to, even though the way it's been done in my eyes has been wrong. Aaron's lost that smile, and it's difficult to see him there. Now, some very valid points in there, yeah. and yeah. I think the way it's been handled is very, very bad from Mikko Arteta, who didn't have the mm. cojones to tell Ramsdale that he was number two and Reyes number one. However, um, pipe down, Dad. What do you do here? Well, it's it, it it's it's interesting, man. We because we're doing this thing with this narrative thing over in England, where everyone was up in arms about um, Harry Maguire for a long, long time, right? And no one was really talking about Eric Dyer. And then people were kind of referencing different players and who's in, who's out. And right now, how could Gareth Southgate ignore Raheem Sterling and not bring him into the mix? And oh my God, Jaden Sancho in that situation. This one. And, and I saw, and I've only seen the clip. I haven't seen the whole thing with Ian Wright and Aaron Ramsdale, where he said that he has trouble focusing during a match and that he's actually got to interact with fans to like refocus. Um, and and I, I, I don't know if that is a, a, a serious medical diagnosis that we're unaware of, but that is certainly a, a, an, an incredible amount of information that he chose yeah. to arm a lot of people with to use against him. But I also think we're in a different time in a different place because I think the mental health conversation is is a much easier conversation to have right now. So I think we got to separate these these things in a few different categories. Number one, I think we have to separate it, the competition conversation. And the competition between Ramsdale and David Rea might have already been tilted in David Rea's favor based on the fact that they went out and they they exercised their ability to go bring him in 
to quote unquote compete with Aaron Ramsdale. But anytime you bring a guy in while ushering Matt Turner out the door, um, it led us to believe immediately, well, what is happening right here? Aaron Ramsdale's undisputed number one. Why would you go get if you're if he 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 you literally rode him in some of his performances really, really far into what was a serious title push until the last five, six games of the season. So to bring Rhea in, different profile of goalkeeper, but comparable in a lot of ways. Um, so then the man management of Arteta publicly, I think he got it wrong. I understand what he's trying to do. I still think that every player wants to be told face up, hey, what 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 what's happening here? What's the plan? Hey, you're going to start the season as the number two and let him decide if he wants to stay or if he wants to go. Um, but then you're you're creating the atmosphere of the competitiveness for him to work himself back in. And it's different because it's a one-for-one one position. It's not like any other position on the field. Um, his dad. Listen, I, 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 he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Yeah, he's making a boatload of money. His dad is his dad, and it's always going to be his champion, his protector, his best friend, his advocate, all of those things. But it's his dad, and he's a grown-ass man. And it's not going to be perceived well. It's not going to be absorbed well. And it's only going to make his son's life. It's only going to create more havoc. It's unnecessary havoc and noise when it should be just, again, about competition and performance. Um, and, and then finally, for Aaron Ramsdale to come out and say what he said, I told you at the All-Star Game, I specifically watched him during the Skills Challenge. He seems like an incredible person. He seems like so much fun to be around. His personality was off the charts. Just watching him on the side, watching the goalie wars, like, oh, like going nuts and all that stuff. To even going up to talk trash to Kai Havertz after Havertz had the shocker on the on the service volley and finishing. He just seemed like an incredible guy, like the type of psycho goalkeeper that everybody <laughs> knows. And I mean that with the mo- like with the most love yeah. possible. Like they're all nut jobs, and he was one of those nut jobs that seemed like this big cuddly bear. Um, but you could see Ian Wright. You could see his face. You could see his eyes when Ramsdale was giving this information out, and it was almost like he wished the cameras weren't rolling, that he could yell, "Pause, stop, cut, Aaron, you don't want to, no, bro, you don't want to be saying this." And it was almost like you could almost see in that mind, like, "No, don't do that, don't do that," like. You can see his eyes kind of like open up a little bit wider because this is now. And I've already seen the clips. I've seen, I've literally seen people try to use Ramsdale looking at his left post to sightline where he is in goal and beaten to the far post on a ball that goes on the deck. And people saying, Oh, look right here. He's looking at the fans. He's trying to reset his psyche. Like, no, he's getting his position. It's the technique of the position to know where he is as a reference point near post. Like, so now he's unintentionally, while trying to explain who he is as a human being, he's now armed people with ammunition to create even more havoc on top of his dad creating havoc around him. So the only way that this ends, it ends with him leaving. There, there's that he's and now listen, he is a I think a great goalkeeper. I don't I don't know if he's an elite goalkeeper when we talk about the best of the best in the Premier League, but he is certainly a Premier League goalkeeper. He is a great goalkeeper. He's an England national, international. He's might not be the number one, but he's in the group when he's playing. So there's there's plenty of teams in the Premier League that could use his services. I think he's going to be just fine. 
this will be a period that'll be really uncomfortable. I could see him and his representatives and his family saying, January is the time you got to get out. Uh, I could see him keeping his head down and saying, no, I want to fight for my position because there's been a couple of opportunities where Rhea hasn't covered himself in the most light and the most glory. Um, but I, I, it's going to have to take something special for Arteta to believe that Ramsdale can be his number one mm. with the profile that he has, considering that he's already gone on the market and tried to upgrade from him. I mean, it's all just so unnecessary and it's been badly handled. And I hope he does get out in January because it's clear if the manager has not gone up to him to tell him the facts of the case, then he doesn't have enough respect for him. And at that point, I would just say, thanks a lot. I don't need to be here. There's 17 other clubs in the league that would want me. There's clubs all over European football and beyond who would want me. They would pay the same wage too, certainly in the Premier League. So thank you very much indeed. I'm off to play. That's what I'd be doing. I think it's 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 very, very poor the way Arteta mm-hmm. has handled this, clearly personally and definitely publicly. Um, Danny, a couple of the stories I want to get your view on before we're out of time today. Um, I want to start with Andros Townsend, who is playing for Luton Town now. Did yep. you know this? Yep, um, he started at Old Trafford in Sorry. United's latest shonky crap performance, but won the game. Uh, performance uh, on on Saturday. <laughs> three points. Um, and three four points. Five matches. Twelve points in fifteen. Form team. Um, so Andros Townsend, great character, talksport presenter. He's going to have a good broadcasting career when he does decide to retire. Still only thirty-two. Um, he was on BBC Radio Five Live's Monday Night Club, and he said this. I don't know if you've seen this yet, but I wanted to read the quote to you and get your view on it as someone who. You know, has, has done a few things to keep the career going through, uh, you know, the injuries and travails that come with being a top footballer. He says, one of the best natural sources of collagen is chicken feet. It's simple. It tastes exactly like chicken wing. It's low on meat, has lots of cartilage close to the bone. It's got skin around it. It's very nice in China, South Africa, in Portugal. It's eaten quite commonly. 20 minutes in the steam oven and get it down you. I'm also doing mouth taping. Yeah, I'm doing that. All I know is I'm 32 and I've been out of the game for two years and I feel absolutely amazing. I don't know what it is specifically, but I'm doing all these little 1% things. I'm also doing nutrition, recovery, hyperbaric chambers, red light therapy, flow therapy. All these things I'm doing seem to be working. Um, If you're doing all the things, Danny, Mm. how would you know what's working? And also, have you ever eaten chicken feet or anything similar in order to improve performance? No, no, I can't say that I have. I think everything else that he was doing, he probably should have ended with the chicken feet as opposed to leading with the chicken feet. I think there's probably some other decent substitutions with regards to collagen that could be available to him. I'm just saying. Um, get it down. Does he like chew? What about the claw? Oh, um. Just like I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, trying to down a kangaroo anus. Just straight in. Get it in. <laughs> the anus was loose, allegedly. Um, yeah, I've, I've said this to you before. We're, we're all psychopaths. There, there's, there's, I, I, how, how do I figure out how to say this? And what do I want to reference right here? Hmm. There's so Tell me many about different... that time you ate that anus and it no, improved uh, your performance. Tell well, me about it. Uh, uh, um, what uh, animal's uh, penis did you ingest <laughs> to have a good game for the crew? It was an elephant, Rennie. Um, <laughs> no, I just listen, in one swallow, just one mouthful. There, there's, there's so many data points throughout the course of my career where I was doing things without the knowledge of anybody else thinking that this could give me an event, I knew that there were people with more talent in their pinky toe than I had my entire body. 
And so I had to work twice as hard. I mean, to the point where I refused to even do any of my college credits because I felt like if I wasn't focused and really thinking about watching film, all that stuff, that I, it was going to be gone. I, I didn't feel like I was good enough. I was I was constantly had imposter syndrome when I was inside that locker room. Even though I was confident in what I could do, I ne- I always felt like I had to prove that I belonged there. Mm-hmm. And it was throughout my entire career. Um, but that was everything. I mean, my, when I was with Miami Fusion and Ray Hudson, I had an adductor slash hernia um, that I had to have hernia surgery immediately following the season. I was taking a leave, naproxen, they they were giving me these other two pills. I would take three a leave before training, at right or sorry in the morning. I would take these these other pills, these two pills uh, that would allegedly be the ultimate anti-inflammatory before training. I would take three more, uh, four more leave at lunch. Take two more of those pills uh, in the afternoon, and take three more before. And that was just for me to be able to step on the field. Now whether we're talking about. I mean, even to this day, I'm doing turmeric. I'm doing blueberry or not blueberry, uh, blackberry. Um, in the mornings, I'm I'm doing all of the mushroom uh, vitamins and minerals that I can possibly take. I'm taking probiotics. I'm taking these fish oil brain pills. Like to this day, I'm still doing all these things because in my mind, I've kind of like tweaked this recipe of how I need to take care of my body, specifically my brain, because of all the concussion issues that I've had. Players will do anything. They they really will. And and this is where so many guys get themselves in trouble. Like even down to like when people say, oh, I was taking my wife's fat burning pills. It's because they're insecure about their body. It's because we're being told we're fat. It's because we're being told, you know, like th- there's managers to this day that that weigh their players each and every morning, that every week they'll go and they'll do the fat testing. But like, ah, oh, you're 4% fat. And it's it fucks with your psyche. Sorry, Tim, uh, but I'm not sorry. Like you, when you start to think about like, I've got to be this machine and I'm not necessarily this human being, but I'm a human being inside of this machine that I've got to constantly feed and feed and feed and feed and feed. So these guys, Fenders Townsend, the mouth taping, we've heard from Erling Holland, you know, Erling Holland eating hearts and liver of animals and all this stuff, you know, blue light, red light, taping your mouth for more breathing through nostril exercises, hyperbolic chambers. They've got extraordinary amounts of money, so they can do this. I would even go towards, you know, the the nutritionist and and a, and a chef and cooking your meals. And I remember when Phil Foden started doing it, and he was like 17, 18 years old. I remember the dietary stuff from Jurgen Klopp in Liverpool, where they brought that lady in from Germany, and she started testing their bodies, and then would cultivate, you know, three options of meals that were specific for the player that would then create this ultimate physicality for them to be able to compete at the highest level. So, yeah, I'm not surprised. And players are psychopaths and they'll do anything and everything. If they said to you right now, Tom, Tom Rennie, I'll give you the elixir of life and you'll be able to operate at the highest level of your profession for the next five years if you eat this chicken feet, you eat two chicken feet once a day. Mm. I bet you your vegan ass will be eating chicken feet twice a day for how next five years if you could do it. I mean, that's just that that's what it is. It's cause and effect. Hey, you can get this if you do this. If there's just one ounce of truth and it won't get them suspended for doping, mm. players will do it, man. Did the chicken die of natural causes is my only question. Oh, that's true. Got hit, if by, it got a hit truck. by If it got hit by a truck or <laughs> yeah. hung itself, uh, <laughs> then I will happily eat it. I'll, uh, otherwise, I, I couldn't do it. Um, one more thing, Danny, uh, I wanted to ask you about. I stayed up late Monday 
free on Apple TV. I watched a uh, tremendous game of football. I enjoyed immensely. Uh, I'd just seen the Hammers win uh, against Nottingham Forest uh, and then watched my American soccer team, Columbus Crew, who you played for, of course, beat Atlanta 4-2 in the third game of this uh, three-match series, which we both agreed has been terrific and really enjoyable. And I don't like aggregate, so there's been a great solution to getting rid of aggregate. Yeah. Also notable that Zande Silva, a Hammers alum, uh, scored for Atlanta in this game as well. So it had another little bit of interest for me. Um, but I watched the game. Crew were terrific. The calibre of the goals, uh, Amundsen's goal and Nagbe's goal, excellent. Yeah. Uh, the goal just after half-time, which kind of settled the thing. Absolutely brilliant. It was the Rossi goal, I think. It was a brilliant finish uh, to kind of end the tie and you know, a couple of goals after that, but that sort of saw the end of it. Um, through now to semi-finals of conference semis, then the conference final, then MLS Cup. It's Orlando against Columbus Crew, Cincinnati take on Philadelphia Union. In the West, it's Houston Dynamo against Kansas City and the Sounders take on LAFC and the other semi in the West. Um, how do you see it, Danny? I mean, the, the three-game playoffs... Really yeah. interesting. Um, there aren't going to be games when the US national team are playing because these are serious times now. So not like some sort of silly league game to make the owners some money uh, mid-season, which I always find bizarre. It's the real business end of the season now. What do you make to it all? Well, quick, quick little qualifier. Playing through the last two international windows were because of weather rescheduling and because of League's Cup rescheduling. So should just be banned. For, should be banned. Is just for clarification. Be. Yeah, just for clarification. And, well, uh, they get the option to play. And if they choose to play, one of the reasons they can reschedule the games in that window is one of the considerations is we need the ticket sales. It, well, it, it, be no, no, that, no, so I'm going to put my MLS Homer hat on for a second. You're incorrect. The start of the season. Well, I got the fucking information from you, so well, you well, always explained you. it badly, haven't you? I'm, I'm trying to Sorry, tell Tim. you. Uh, it was the start of the season. You can choose if you're going to schedule a game during the international window. Right. Okay. But because of weather, and we've had a bunch of weather delays, we've had a bunch of weather rescheduling, and we've had Leagues Cup because of the longevity of certain games and teams making it to the knockout rounds. That's why we had, during the September and October windows, we we had some games being played, some makeup games being played. Um, but I get your anger. Excuse me, I didn't want to press my cough button for some reason. Um, <laughs> it was literally right there, and I was like, "No, nah, I'm a cough anyways." No, don't do it. It's a podcast. Yeah. We do yeah. what we want here. Yeah. Well, let's beep the cough out. People yeah. will find that very unpleasant. So we just that out. That was a cough. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Tim. Um. So now here's the thing: FC Cincinnati at home against Philadelphia Union. No Matt Miazga. Matt Miazga just named MLS Defender of the Year. He was shown a second yellow card for some idiotic reason uh, and elected to try to allegedly go into the referee's locker room afterwards. We'll see what that fine looks like. Home field advantage. Always think about home field advantage. It's somewhere between 85 and 90% that home field, uh, home advantage teams will then go on to the next round. So Cincinnati at home against Philly. Columbus has been amazing at lower.com field. They've been mm. horrific on the road. They go place, uh, go play Oscar Pereja's Orlando City. They've been very, very good at home. So that one's going to be an absolute dogfight. If you want Dunsethery, you want antagonism, you want housery sorry tim orlando city is your team in the playoffs houston remember houston won the u.s open cup trophy mm. they beat enter miami without Lionel messi but still beat them kansas city wasn't supposed to get past st louis uh so houston at home against sporting kansas city i call this matchup the why not us why not us no, nobody's picking houston or sporting kansas city so why not us the big ones out in the west Seattle Sounders at home on the turf against LAFC. That is going to be an extraordinary game. 
Um, Brian Smetzer's side, remember Nico Ladero and Raul Ruiz Diaz sitting on the bench, coming off, being impact players. Jordan Moore scoring goals. There's a guy named Albert Rusnak, used to play for Man City back in the day. Um, he scored seven goals this season, all game winners. Uh, really, really talented player. So that's the next round, conference semifinals. We'll see how it plays out. Cincinnati at home to Philly, Columbus on the road at Orlando, Seattle at home against LAFC, Houston at home against Sporting Kansas City. And again, home field advantage. Everyone talks about promotion, relegation. What about MLS? Well, now it matters. Now your form throughout the course of the season matters because who would have thought that LAFC would have to go to Seattle in the conference semifinals because Seattle had a better record? Goes back to decision day when I did the game with Bretos, Seattle on the road at uh, at St. Louis. They didn't have to win. They did win. And they locked up second place because of it. You're almost dying right now. You good? I know. A quick sneeze. It's a very dusty room. I was very much enjoying the analysis. Didn't want to ruin it. I pressed my cough button, though. So I didn't hate it. Um, (laughs) It's going to be good. I've enjoyed it. And I'm very much enjoying uh, Columbus Crew being good, considering that after the Sirius XM FC listeners chose them as my team, they've been ever since. Uh, So Sorry, Tim. Uh, So I'm delighted uh, to be in the semifinals here. I'm sure it's all down to me. Um, looks like a tough one, but that coach has good player, isn't he? Good player. Well, for Nancy. Nuts. Yeah. Good guy. Well, you picked him out. You did say start of the season. They'll be yeah. very, very different this year, and they have been yeah. very, very different uh, this year. Though, uh, yeah, Orlando, you picked them out, didn't you? You picked them out already previously yeah. as your potential winners. So, yeah. hey, we'll see. We'll see. Um, right. That's it for today's program. Uh, Brian Dunseth, always a pleasure. I'm Tom Money. Tim Horsey produced the program. It's been called Week in the Tackle. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening as a podcast, the whole show is available to watch. You can see us like coughing that on YouTube. We'll see you next week. All right. <laughs>